Welcome to The Porch, an online community of believers committed to restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence of the early church. The church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics, by examining the Word of God and the example of the Book of Acts Church to discover how the early church served the Lord. In doing so, we discovered the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. The Porch on the Air since March of 2010 can only be heard on Firefall Talk Radio, which is a part of the Firefall Media Group. We're glad you're with us. To reach us click the contact button on the Firefall Talk Radio homepage at firefalltalkradio.com. If you want to support what we do there are ways to do that starting with the PayPal link at the bottom of the homepage. You can also use the Venmo app, which is easier to use and has fewer fees, where we can be found under at Firefall Media Group. One word. Uppercase on FMG. Thank you to each and every one of you who support what we do. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Give as the Lord leads. And now, to the Bible study with Richard Grund. Psalm 146 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man, in whom there is no help. His spirit departs, he returns to the earth, and that very day his plans perish. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widows. By the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Welcome to the porch. I'm Richard Grund. If you're new to us, we always start out with praise. We never enter his presence without praising him. Before you go in whining and crying, moaning and groaning, and looking for the blessings that are yours as his children, Make sure you tell him how much you love him. Make sure you praise him. So I praise him for my home, for my wife, my family, my son, daughter-in-laws, uh, grandson, furry kids. Some of you call them pets. We call them family. I praise him for the home that I'm in, for the technology to do all these things. I praise him for you. I praise him for this ministry, for his provision, for his protection over each and every one of us. It's there. Trust it. For the dreams and the visions, we're living out Joel chapter 2. We're seeing things happening in the world that are showing us the signs that we should be paying attention to. I praise him for his healing virtues, for being a new creation, especially at this time, being born again. If you're not born again, that's where you should be starting. Listening to this Bible study is good, but you must be born again. So let's get ready. Let's get ready for him, and let's pray. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Psalm 122, verse 6. 
May they prosper who love you. I pray for them every day. I pray for Israel. I pray for the leadership of Israel. I pray for America. I believe we're in a trying time. I believe we're in a time right now where we're being squeezed to see what's inside of us. And I'm praying that the church will respond. Pray for the fatherless, the widows, the persecuted, those that are victims of injustice, martyred, the innocents in and out of the womb, both human and animal. We have been such poor stewards of his creation. I pray for missing and exploited children, the victims of sex trafficking, human trafficking, that diabolical, satanic endeavor. For our brothers and sisters around the world being persecuted and slaughtered for their faith, both Jew and Christian. The rise of the anti-Semitism in the world shows me that the spirit of the Antichrist is out and about. And I believe he's preparing for his arrival. But as long as the church is here, we're going to push back. Pray for divine wholeness, health, and healing to each and every one of us. As we get back to our divine design, that is something I talk about a lot. Get back to his intention for you. So we pray right now. I pray for you if you're wounded or hurting in heart, mind, body, soul, or spirit. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Jesus the Messiah, be healed in his name. Be made whole. Wholeness and healing. That's what we're talking about. Protection. That Psalm 91 covering. We're talking about Psalm 91 tonight. So get ready. That protection he offers us as we cling close to him. I pray that his blessings would flow. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. If you know somebody that's been blessed, tell them to be a blessing. Tell them where to send it. It doesn't have to be here. There are people out there, street ministries. There are people out dealing with uh, the battered women, the homeless. But we have a mission. Firefall has a mission. The porch has a mission. SRT has a mission. And we need his funds. So if you'll join with us in prayer, we would appreciate that. The open conduit of his blessings would flow through to us. And of course, we pray always for our lost family members. What's the point of being in eternity without them? I'm also asking for prayer for changes that are going on right now here at Firefall in the Porch. We're recording tonight's Bible study. And if it turns out well, we'll be putting it up with a PowerPoint so that you can follow along. So changes coming to Firefall will no longer be Firefall Talk Radio. It will just be Firefall Talk. And some other things that we and my fellow members of SRT and those that I am in um, prayerful business with for God to bless what we want to do for his kingdom. I have a praise report about Pastor Shelley, my spiritual father and mentor, sent to me by his daughter, Lisa. And it's a great praise report. If you remember weeks ago, I asked you for prayer. He was having a pacemaker put in, and he's had a rough time of it since then. But praise the Lord, his um, blood work came back good. The leads are in. X-ray was favorable. His heart rate is consistent. Blood pressure and blood sugar, all very good. Felt better yesterday, felt even better today, and I'm believing that when I speak to him tomorrow, tomorrow will be even better. Usually I call him on Bible study day, but getting the video and doing all this stuff has been really crazy. I even forgot to post this on Facebook. And most of all, 
Remember, prayer, the prayer of the righteous avails much. Kim and Fort Mitchell, the only other praise report and prayer request I have. And if you're new and you want to be a part of this, send them in. We'll share them. We'll get people praying for you. If you don't have a Bible community, then plug into the porch. That's what this is about. She says, hey, guys, I hope everyone is well. She's doing great. But she has been putting her spiritual well-being first the past couple of weeks, and she says it shows. She says, when I don't connect with y'all, I think you just put that in there to make me say y'all, Kim. Um, Because I'm so busy, I don't feel good inside, and I want to praise. And when I forget to praise and pray, I'm not very pleasant to be around. God has always to be first, or nothing means anything. With that being said, excuse me, I praise my Heavenly Father for His never-ending love and His voice that guides me every day. Praise Him for my salvation, my sobriety. Father, You did it. You heard my prayer and answered it. Remember weeks ago she asked for prayer for her son Maurice and a scholarship he was up for? Well, praise the Lord. He got it. Got a full ride. Got what she had been praying for and believing. So now she's asking the Lord to guide and protect her children and the porch families. Guide her son as he gets prepared to go out into the world. Keep your hands on him. Keep him safe. And the porch community is going to pray for him. I know I will. Asking for, for the Lord to deliver her husband or mother. Protect them and save them. Provide in favor as Father. Save souls and change hearts. In Jesus' name. So, Father, we come to you now in the name of Yeshua, your Son, the only begotten Son, King of kings, Lord of lords. And we just thank you right now. We thank you for how much you love us. We thank you for your divine abiding favor. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing and all that you will do. Your promises are yes and amen. And we believe that. We accept that. We receive that. But we want to tell you how much we love you. We want you to know how much we love you, Father. You are Abba, Papa, Daddy. And I just pray that anyone that doesn't know you as that would suddenly have the revelation of you as Abba and how much you love them. Let them feel your arms around them. Let your glory touch them and heal their heart. Lord, we thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for the blood you shed. We thank you for the pain. We thank you for everything. You are awesome. You are wonderful. You are a counselor. You're mighty God. Prince of Peace. And we know you're going to bring peace when you come back. But until then, surround us, cover us, protect us. Holy Spirit, guide us. Guide this Bible study. Guide my words. Guide everything that we're doing. And I just pray those that don't know you intimately, that don't move in your gifts, don't have the fruit present in their lives, would feel you, would feel that fire, would feel the presence and being connected to the throne room. So Holy Spirit, have your way with us tonight. Do everything that you want to do. Say everything that you want to say. We bless the technology. We bind the powers of darkness. We clear our minds. We open our hearts. And we touch and agree in prayer in Yeshua's name. Amen.
These lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we've been starting out with the Lord's Prayer, and I don't feel led to stop doing it. Matthew 6, 9-13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. His kingdom. We want his kingdom here on earth. Now we know that we live in a fallen world. And we know that the enemy is in control. But guess what? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. This is not our home. So right now, I just say, God's building a kingdom. He built one for Israel. Sometimes they had it. Sometimes they didn't. But he's building one in us and with us. And I believe that when we stay in it, which is where I've been for a while, but have been really focused over the last year from uh, January of last year even to now, of being in the kingdom, of walking in the kingdom. So go with me to Psalm 91. Open your Bibles, your apps, whatever it is you do to follow along. And please do. And, and get yourself a Bible if you don't have one, if you can't afford one. You write to us and you tell us you need a Bible and I will send you one. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction lays, that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, remember Moses is writing this, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Now verses 14 through 16 is the Lord responding. To what Moses said. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, if you've been with me for a while, if you've read the supernatural battle, you know that I've taken Psalm 91. And I've turned it into a personal prayer, whether for an individual or a family. 
And that's how I pray each day. I speak Psalm 91 over my family, over my homes, my pets, my possessions, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, their pets and possessions. I live in Psalm 91. Because Psalm 91 is confidence in the Lord God, the Almighty God, your Heavenly Father. He provides shelter to those who take refuge in him. Like little children running up to your father, wanting to be held close, wanting to cling to their side. That's what this is about. You receive redemption. You receive life and glory from the Lord who loves and cares for those who seek him. But see, there's another aspect of Psalm 91 that gets missed. The promises, the blessings, the protection are predicated upon decisions. Decisions you make and decisions God makes based upon your choices. Look at verse 1. This is where you decide where you're going to be. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then jump down to verses 9 and 11. Again, it's about you. You've made a choice. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Because you have done what? You've made a choice. I see believers every day making choices, and they're not good. They're choosing the world. They're choosing things that don't line up with his word. Now, as you can tell from my look and the earring in my ear and how I carry myself and the things I do for the kingdom, I'm not a super religious guy. But I am a spiritual guy, and I have a relationship with my Lord and my Father. And I don't want to be anyplace else. Wherever they are, is where I want to be. Now because of all that, verses 1, 9 through 11, jump down with me to verse 14, because this is what he decides for you. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That word dwell, in the Hebrew, yashav, means to sit down, to remain, to settle in, in the sense of taking up a homestead or staking out a claim and resisting all claim jumpers or anything that would try to remove you. It means to possess a place and live there. If you're going to live anywhere, live in the shadow of his wings. See, we've been talking about the journey to the promised land. We've been talking about all the things they went through and the lessons they learned. And Psalm 91 was written by Moses during the 40 years to encourage the children of Israel. It encourages me every day. Deuteronomy 26.1, And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, 
Are you dwelling in his promises? Are you dwelling in his word? Are you dwelling in your relationship with him? You see, you decide to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You know, there are times when the warfare gets really thick and life really is rough. I'll get under my prayer shawl and disappear. I will tabernacle with him. I will hide in the tent with him. That word dwell, yeshab, dwell, inhabit, to be an inhabitant, to sit, to abide, to remain, to tarry, a word we hear in the New Testament, to set, to continue, to be in place or to be still. Those are the words of someone who has chosen to be in his presence. Remember what Yeshua said in John 15, verses 4 through 7. And this correlates. Remember, whatever he said, the Father said. He said, I only say what the Father says. I only do what the Father does. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, in the New Testament word abide means permanent residence tying in with the word dwell, yeshab in Hebrew. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. If you're disconnected from him, there is no spiritual life. You wither. And they gather them, and they throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done to you, for you. The picture of the Lord God, the picture that Moses gives us, and we see throughout the Old Testament, is that he is a shelter to those who seek refuge in him. Almighty God represents shelter, refuge. We receive redemption, life, and glory from the Lord. Why? He loves and cares for those who seek him. And remember what it says in Hebrews. He's found by those that diligently seek him. So who seeks refuge in him? The person who trusts in God. That's the person that lives close to him. That title, the Most High, and I like that title, the Most High God, because you're dealing with demonic entities, fallen angels, things that were once worshipped as gods. Small g. But he's the Most High God. There is none like him, capital G. He's the big G if you will. That that tells us of his majesty. It's, it's equal to the term almighty. It's a translation of the title Shaddai. Together the terms Most High and Shaddai speak of our Heavenly Father, speak of a God whose 
mountain-like in his majesty. And boy, do we need some of that in the world right now. We really need the world, politics, the church, media. We need everybody to get a good grip on the fact that he is a majestic God and there is none like him. And that we who love him and have relationship with him, we have a secret place we can hide in his shadow. That word, secret place or shadow in the Hebrew, seder, a covering, a hiding place, secrecy. We see it in Psalm 31, verse 20. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. From the plots of men you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Remember what I said about a choice. That's not a shadow or a place that comes looking for you. That's a place that you go looking for. That's a place that you run to. That's a place that you seek on your own. My refuge and my fortress could be translated as my secure fortress. Let's look again at verses 4 through 11 of Psalm 91. Now, come on, folks, follow with me. Take notes. Download these Bible studies. Now you'll be able to watch the videos with the scriptures up on the screen, and you'll be able to follow along. If I'm going to do all this extra work, take advantage of it. Verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers. That's the idea of a, a mother hen wrapping her wings around you. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction lays waste at noonday. Now what kind of pestilence walks in darkness? One that has legs, demonic entities, fallen angels, certain people. <laughs> a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. So many images we could look at of birds covering their chicks. Uh, eagles do it. The rain comes. A predator comes. And if it's a, especially if it's a husband and wife nest situation, the mother will cover the chicks and the father will battle. Psalm 61, verse 4 says, I will abide in your tabernacle, his tent of meeting forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings, Selah. Psalm 63, verse 7, Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. I mean, think about it. Uh, maybe it's just me, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, and when I get close to him, I get happy. I even get happy feet. I like to be near my Lord. And he talks about that shield and buckler. 
It's complete protection from all harm. It's his all-protective shield for the believer. He is the shield about you and the glory and the lifter of your head. According to Holman Bible Publishers, the buckler is a small round shield that just covers this part of the arm. And it's a defensive weapon to ward off attacks and blows to the enemy, but it can be used to strike as well. It's figurative of God's faithfulness to his people. He is their shield and protection. He's a shield, a big shield of the Roman soldier, but he's also a buckler. He's going to get in there and he's going to fight for you. The Hebrew word referring to the small shield is a it's throughout the Bible so many times. I, I didn't realize how many times the word buckler comes up, and I should have added it to my notes. I'll add it to the video. But my point in getting through to Psalm 91, to doing what we're doing right now, is to get you to see who he is, to get you to understand relationship. Psalm 17, 8, keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me under the shadow of your wings. Now, if you don't know what that means to be the apple of his eye, find somebody that you love and care about and has good breath. I'm, I don't know, I'm just kidding. And get real close and stare into their eyes, but more importantly, stare at the pupil of their eyes. And as you get within a certain distance, you can see your complete reflection in the pupil of their eyes, which means you're so close to him, you're the apple of his eye. Psalm 57, verse 1, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. It's a choice to hide in the shadow of his wings. You choose to abide there and stay. You choose to abide there, take permanent residence there. Israel had a problem with that. In Luke 13, 34, we see the Lord as he's entering Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday. He cries out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that double statement is him expressing his deep, heartfelt sorrow. See, Jerusalem murdered the prophets, at least the real prophets, the ones who spoke God's word, did water it down, didn't compromise. Even if they were in the temple, even if they were near the holy place, they got slain. Many of his prophets were murdered. Stephen refers to it in his accusation against the nation of Israel in Acts 7, verses 51 through 53. And, of course, 
the Pharisees filled with the religious spirit didn't like that very much. The interesting thing about Luke 13, 34 is he speaks in the first person. He speaks for the Father. See, the Father and the Son are one. Don't ever forget that. Don't let anybody lie to you that that's not the case and he never said it. Right there in Luke 13, 34, he's speaking for both he and the Father at the same time. I wanted to gather you. They didn't want to be gathered. They wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to stay where they were, even though it was dangerous. Are you willing to be gathered? Make a choice. See, everything about Psalm 91 is about a choice. They made a decision not to accept his protection or to come when they were called. Deuteronomy 7, 7. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. Deuteronomy 10, 15. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, you above all people, as it is this day. Sometimes I wonder, what was he thinking? With the amount of rebellion, with the, with the things we, we've talked about them doing on their journey from Egypt to the promised land. But he loved them. He chose them. He doesn't back up on his choices. He doesn't change his mind. He's not a man that he should lie. His promises continue. And because we've been grafted into the vine, we have the same promises that he made to Israel. We've been grafted in through the blood of Yeshua. But we also get the curses too. Everybody wants the blessings. Everybody will quote the blessings. They'll quote Abraham's blessings and they'll claim that's why they're going to get whatever it is they think they're going to get. But they forget about the conditions and the curses if they don't do their part. Those who love the Lord will obey him. And they will come when they're called. They'll come into his protection. You know, right now, as I'm as I'm saying this, as I'm trying to follow my notes and look into the camera, but I'm also listening to the Spirit. Some of you are being called. Not just to come home, but to come back under his protection. To come into the Father's house. Accept the gifts that he has for you. Let go of the world. Let go of the things of the world. Get away from the things which hinder you from having what you deeply, deeply want in your heart, an intimate relationship. People hear me talk about the Lord. Hear me talk about my Abba Father. And they want that, but they're unwilling to do what's necessary to get it. Accept who you are. But more than Importantly, accept who he is and how much he loves you. 
Deuteronomy 30, 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. That's who our dad is. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the father of Yeshua, the creator of the universe. This obedience I'm talking to you about comes from relationship. And I've been talking a lot about relationship. And your love will inspire your obedience or your lack of love will hinder it. Psalm 145 verse 18, The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. That gets mirrored in 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. They're based on love. If you love me, you'll do this. If you don't have love in you, then you don't know him. Again, obedience comes from relationship. Love inspires your obedience. I quoted the scripture before, a variation on it. Psalm 84, verse 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he uphold from those who walk uprightly. Walking uprightly is what righteousness is. And you cannot be righteous in and of yourself. Your righteousness comes from Yeshua. It's his robe of righteousness that you wear. As, as men and women, as human, as children of the world. Even though we're born again in our spirit, our body is still of this world. Our ways in so many aspects are still of this world. There's no way to become righteous in the world. You can't become righteous by the law. You have to become righteous through him. How, why? Well, Psalm eleven seven gave us a clue. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. Because the Lord is righteous, the believer who is under stress can continue to trust in him. Faith in him is what? It's a shield against the attacks of the wicked. So I'm calling you, return to the enveloping wings of God. And when you do that, you will renew your strength in times of trouble, and you will find rest. I don't know about you, but right now in this world, as convoluted and crazy as it is, every now and then I just need rest. Yesterday I laid down and got under my prayer shawl and said, Lord, I'm coming to meet with you for a while. I was gone. About an hour later I came out of it. Wish I could remember what happened. All I know is I found rest. Because, and I'm going to personalize this now, because you have set your love upon him, therefore he will deliver you. He will set you on high 
because you have known his name. That's a my paraphrase, my personalization of Psalm 91, verse 14. Because you know his name. That speaks of intimacy. That speaks of experiential knowledge of the Father. But again, I want to get through to you that relationship, this relationship, is based upon conditions. It's not conditional, but you have to do your part. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, Moses speaking, even the Most High, your dwelling place, you choose to make him your Lord. You choose to make him a dwelling place. Verse 14, because you've set your love upon him, therefore he will deliver you and set you on high because you've known his name, the name above all names, that at the name of Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus the Messiah, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth and proclaim to the glory of God the Father, his name, no other name, no other name in heaven and earth by which we can be saved, no other name, not any man, not any religion, not any false teacher, false prophet, nobody else but Yeshua. Because we make a choice, he chooses to bless us. So Psalm 91's blessings and promises. You will dwell in the secret place of the Most High under his shadow. By your choice, you affirm that God is your refuge. By your choice, you make him your fortress. By your choice, you make him your God. And in doing so, you affirm that you trust him that you have confidence in him as a deliverer from every snare, the snare of the fowler, that little net that gets placed where the seeds are. It's actually underneath the seeds, can't be seen, and the seeds go on top. And then when the bird steps into it, it snatches them up into the air, and they're hanging, suspended in the air, nothing to grab onto, they can't fly away. By having confidence in him, you have confidence in his protection when you make this choice. You make him your shield and buckler. You won't be afraid of any terrors, no dangers, no pestilences, no destruction. You'll even have confidence that the plague slaying thousands all around you will not come near you. Can I get an amen in 2021? Make God your refuge. Choose that. Make him your habitation. Set your love upon him. Know the name, the authority of God, and call upon him in prayer. Now, when you do that, when you fulfill those promises, he has a response. His response is he lets you abide under his wings, under the shadow of the Almighty. He delivers you from the snare of the fowler. He delivers you. Surely, it says. They use that word over and over. Surely, he shall deliver you from the horrible pestilence. 
His truth is your shield and buckler. It keeps you from being afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that walks in the darkness. There's nothing out there. There is no human. There's no demon. There's no fallen angel. There's nothing out there that I fear because I know who my daddy is. No pestilence, no sickness, no disease. Even if destruction shows up at noonday, nope, not afraid. Why? Because he told me so. A thousand may fall at your left hand and ten thousand at your right. That's, that's a lot of people not coming near you. Oh, your eyes are going to see it. You're going to see the reward of the wicked, but it's not going to startle you. It's not going to frighten you. It's not going to put you off balance. No evil, none, is going to befall you. And he's going to give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, so much so that they'll lift you up in your hands, in their hands, so that you don't even stub your foot on a rock. And your authority is such that because he chooses to do this with you, he chooses to partner with you in this world. The symbolism of this against the demonic and the powers of darkness, you'll tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. In the old King James, it's a dragon, verse 13. You're going to trample him underfoot. You're going to step on him. He's going to deliver you. He's going to set you on high. That when the flood comes, not going to get you. He's going to put you up on the rock, that rock that the song says is higher than I. The King of kings, Lord of lords, Yeshua is the rock. He's going to answer you when you call. I find a lot of people reach out to me for prayer. Because they can't hear him. They don't know what he's saying. Their ears aren't tuned to him. Call on him and listen. Wait. He's going to be with you in whatever trouble you're going through. And he's going to honor you. Something I say every week when I post about Shabbat and the Sabbath rest. And honoring the Sabbath rest. I use a phrase that lines up with Psalm 91. Honor him, and he will honor you. He's going to satisfy you with long life, and he's going to show you his salvation. That word salvation means deliverance. Psalm 38, verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him on those who hope in his mercy. Entering into the promise of his rest means you are entering with confidence, even though you're in a dangerous place in a fallen world. We haven't made it yet. We're not in paradise. We're not in the new Jerusalem. But folks, right now, spiritually, because of your relationship with him, you are living 
in the promised land. But like Joshua, I want to remind you what he said to Joshua applies to us, especially those of us who war for him. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now you can say to me, oh, oh Richard, that was a, for Joshua about what he was doing. God is not a respecter of person. If he did it for Joshua, he'll do it for us. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. Don't be dismayed or intimidated. For he's with you wherever you go. Eternity. Of course, that's the perfect place. That's the place that we long for. That's the place that at some point all of us will see. It's promised to those who seek him, believe in him, and know his son. I know I've talked about this, but it used to be every week when we did the porch, we had about a thousand people. But then the message got honed in the red letter basics. You must be born again. And then the, the numbers dwindled. And I'm not saying I care about the numbers, but I noticed that there was a correlation between what I was preaching or teaching and when the numbers went down. The reality is I don't care what you were born into. I don't care if you were dunked, dipped, slapped, sprinkled. If you're not born again, You don't get eternity with him. If you don't know his son, you don't get eternity with him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. Remember we talked about choices. That the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they've been done in God. You must be born again. It's a choice. It's a decision. See, Israel had a problem with choices and decisions. Moses did his best to guide them. He even told them, Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you, 
that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. That's what we're talking about. This fallen world is not our home. I don't know how many times I can say that, and yet I see people that keep living like it is. But when we choose not to run to him, when we reject him, just like the Israelites did, by default, we're choosing the world. We're choosing darkness. We're choosing the kingdom of darkness. They were on the verge of entering the land. They were within walking distance of it, and they rebelled. And they had to wander for 40 years until everybody but Joshua and Caleb were dead. I don't know about you. I don't want to wander. I want to get to where I'm going. I want to get to where he's pointed me. So Psalm 91 is about life. It's about blessings. It's about protection. So what I want to remind you tonight, choose life. Choose his protection. Come when he calls. Matter of fact, run. When I visualize the throne room, when we come in every week here on the porch, I visualize us as young children running towards Papa, Abba, seeing who can get on his lap first. Choose to submit. Choose to love. The Lord said it in Matthew 11. Some of you need to hear this. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. <clears throat> Excuse me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He doesn't force you. He doesn't manipulate you. He's asking for us to make a heartfelt decision. Said to the disciples, come and follow me. So they laid down everything and went. As you look at Psalm 91, and I, like I said, I read it every day. I want you to start visualizing it. I want you to start seeing it differently. I want you to choose to run to him, to hide under the shadow of his wings, to be close to him, to have that intimacy that you won't have with anybody else. Choose life. Heaven and earth is watching. The angels are watching. The kingdom of darkness is watching. And your decisions being recorded. So, Father, I just come to you now as your son. I pray for your sons and your daughters, and I include myself in this prayer. Don't let us be distracted by this world. Don't let us be distracted by relationships. We want to be the apple of your eye. 
We want to be so close to you we can see ourselves reflected in the pupil of your eyes. To feel your beard and to smell the incense of the throne room. Some of your children are scared right now, Dad. They're scared. They feel alone. They feel lost. Send your angels to minister to them. Send your spirit to envelop them. Speak to them. Let them hear your voice. Holy Spirit, help us to hunger and thirst for his righteousness, to thirst for your gifts and your teachings and your fruit. Most of all, help us to shine. Help us to shine the light. Help us to be Yeshua. Lay hands on the sick. Set the captives free. Proclaim the year of Jubilee. I just pray all these things. All these things. Every one of them. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Now again, let me tell you. There's no charge for these. No charge for you to listen. You can download them. You can listen to them again. You can open up your Bibles and follow along. Once the videos start going up, you'll be able to see the scripture as I'm saying them. So we're going to multiply your ability to absorb it and understand it. But just know this. He's not asking you to memorize scripture, though that's good. I know scripture. I'm not I'm not like Jack Van Impey was. I can't tell you chapter, verse, line, comma. I can't do that. But at the moment I need it, the Holy Spirit brings back to me what I need to know and what I need to remember. But you know what I know? I know my Father's heart. I know my Lord's heart. And by doing that, I know His Word because He is the Word and I know Him. And that's what I want you to do, to know Him. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall. Talk. <laughs>